Hi, I'm Carly. And I'm Trey with New City Church. Welcome to our podcast series on faith and mental health. Each week we will unpack a topic relating to emotional or mental health and walking out a life of faith. The format will vary slightly from week to week from teaching, practical advice, conversation, interviews, and practices that we have found helpful in our own lives. So, let's jump on in. Hello, and welcome to episode three of season two of our Faith and Mental Health podcast. Today, we are talking about prayer. Yeah. So, let's just jump right into it. How would you explain or describe prayer? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I think I would just describe it as talking to God. So, mm. um, or not even necessarily ta- talking or listening or spending relational time with God. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So, like, prayer can be more than just like listing off a thing, a series of things that you want God to do. It can be listening to God, it can be being with God, it can be singing. In the scriptures, they talk about praying without ceasing, and we see more like formal prayers, like the Lord's Prayer, but also there's like a, a posture of prayer that transcends those particular moments, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so when it comes to prayer, uh, what are some reservations people have about prayer, and particularly as it pertains to faith and mental health? Because my assumption is just even saying that we're going to talk about prayer with faith and mental health, some people are already associating people who say, well, just pray about it. Yeah, I think it can feel trite and sort of like, well, just pray it away. And Hmm. I'm assuming that makes it feel like, well, I don't want any responsibility for what you're going through, so why don't you just take it to God? Which isn't inherently bad, because we should be taking everything to God, but it kind of is that escapism of like hmm. you do something about it, which can, I, I mean, can feel extremely isolating and painful for you. Even if you're vulnerable enough to share some of what is going on with your mental health and that's the one response you receive and the only response you receive, then um, yeah, that's not a great avenue to take it I mean I think for me if I got that response I would feel unseen I would feel unheard Mm -hmm. I would feel like well I just don't want to deal with your ish right now so Mm -hmm. why don't you go and take that ish to God and Mm -hmm. yeah 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 no that's very yeah very real I feel like people have a couple yeah reservations one is like when people just say just pray about it uh and Sometimes, not always, uh, sometimes people can use that as a form of like spiritual bypassing, mm-hmm. not wanting to enter into the pain of another. Whereas I think there actually is a way of praying and praying for another person that is not bypassing it, but actually is entering it in, into it with them and being with God with them in mm-hmm. said thing. And so I think there's kind of two broad temptations. Uh, one would be to like spiritually bypass and just be like, just pray about it. And and the undergirding assumption is if you pray about it, then you will feel better or just take it to God. He's the one who can do anything. I can't do anything. Um, 
And then the other one would be like any pushback against praying at all because, well, prayer doesn't work. Or more likely, depending on your situation, uh, maybe what mine would probably be in dark, dark seasons at times was I have prayed about it and I have taken this to God and I still feel mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. Because I've prayed and asked him to do something, and other people have, and I've tried that just praying about it thing, and it's not really working that well. So I think two broad temptations would be to have nothing to do with prayer, and the other one, which would just be like a spiritual bypassing, just pray about it to mm-hmm. God in a sense of like, if you have enough faith, it will go away. But what I hope in this uh, episode today that we can kind of dive into is that prayer is more than just about like getting a solution for a problem Mm -hmm. that prayer really is about presence and being with God and God being with us and fostering that relationship. So with that, what role has prayer played for you in your journey with emotional and mental health? Well, let me go ahead and say that I'm still ongoing in this journey. But um, for me, it has been a process of learning not to do performative prayer, but to Mm -hmm. actually like take your actual state to God. And um, through lament, through um, just crying out and actually letting him in, in a space like he already knows hmm. what's going on. Um, but like for me to acknowledge, oh, you already see this. It's okay for me to be raw and real and honest with you. And so um, I would say that's difficult for me in general to like name my own emotions or what I might be feeling. And so sometimes um, even that you can, you can talk to God about like, I don't even know what I'm feeling or why I'm feeling it. And, um, yeah, so I think prayer has, I have learned a lot more about the pras- the facets of prayer and then by happenstance, like a relationship with the creator, um, mm. rather than just like one type of prayer, which I, th- I think I would have before just done this sort of like, um, intercessory prayer or like praying for someone else or praying for my problems. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Which I guess it is kind of praying for your problems by doing that. But I don't know if that's a well thought out answer, but that probably tells you a lot about where I am with it still. Um, So so it sounds like a move from one, you're associating with with prayer being one particular type of thing or conversation with God. Right. Primarily asking, talking to Mm-hmm. perhaps, and moving into more of what you were describing prayer as, which is more of like a talking to, listening to, being with mm-hmm. God posture mm-hmm. and not just that. Is that fair? Yeah. And I think even the language that we're using in our Sunday series on prayer of like, if you're mad, pray that. If you're sad, mm-hmm. pray that. If you're angry, I already said mad, but you know, whatever the thing is that you're feeling, pray that instead of, mm. okay, I have to compose myself and get myself together and then I can present myself in a certain way to God, which is mm. definitely how I used yeah. to think about it. 
And you mentioned this notion of performative prayer. Could you dive into what you mean by that? Because I think a lot of people will relate to that. Yeah, I think I even just like that last sentence of like, I need to compose myself and have like the right language and do it the right way. Um, whatever we think the right way is. I mean, I'm sure we would all have a, a little different definition of that, but almost like I can't show God the real me. I can just show him what he wants to see from me. So, mm. you know, I think sometimes we, we mistake like reverence in God's presence and disrespect as like, I don't know. I've just heard prayer talked about in that way. Like you need to have a certain reverence before you can come before God. You need to like be respectful before you come before God. But I don't, honestly, I'm not sure that I believe that anymore. Hmm. And, and I think that can lead to performative prayer where hmm. I'm performing a certain way so that God will hear my prayer or so hmm. that I can make sure he's getting something that he deserves. I don't know, but what he actually desires is a relationship with us. And so mm. every relationship is rocky and you fight and there's drama and then there's sadness mm. and there's so many things. And so why would it be different with God? Yeah. And I think, I think what you're saying too is with prayer, like the type of prayer that we're, we're talking about here, uh, God already knows what's going on within you. And so you talking about it with him or asking for him to show his presence within you in that particular dark space, the angry space, the sad space, the frustrated with him space is not having like making him aware of something that he wasn't already aware of. But I think it does allow God's presence to start to do a work within you mm -hmm. and heal and transform you that when you have some form of performative tr prayer that keeps that part hidden, you're actually not really allowing God's presence to have a transformative power in those places. Yeah. Um, but yet it's like, hold on to this type of prayer and be, yeah, don't have this. I guess for me, like the performative prayer thing, I think I probably experienced it more uh, in, in regard to also like when people pray in public. And, mm -hmm. and I don't mean that like, I'm not trying to be, derogatory towards anyone else. I'm just talking about the pressure that I felt before right? at times and less so now because I pray in front of people a lot right. uh, that my prayer needs to be eloquent. And I think an eloquent prayer can be really beautiful and profound. And I know people who write out their prayers before they pray in public and it's encouraging for so many people. Right. Um, so I'm not discounting that. But sometimes I think we want to impress people with our prayers more than we want to actually have a connection with God. Mm. And at least for me, I almost feel like the further I'm journeying into prayer, the I don't know if like the simpler my prayers sound or the more childlike or the more like all over the place or the more uh, or the less pretty. Is that the right way to say that? Less pretty, my prayers sound. They sound less eloquent. They sound more childlike, perhaps. Uh, and moving away from more performative prayers, helping me to put less pressure on myself with that, that like God's response to my prayer, answering my prayer is not dependent upon 
how great I speak in front of people in my prayer. Yeah, I think it also provides an insight into the comfort level that we have with God. And so if I'm Hmm, talking to God in front of other people in a way that makes me, not makes me, but that I am talking to him in a way that shows other people that I'm intimate with him and I talk to him in a way that's vulnerable and like you would a trusted father. Um, I say trusted because not every father Hmm. is trusted, but um, our heavenly father is trustworthy. And Hmm. um, yeah, if we're just performing, then one, yes, it's much more towards other people and focused on them and what they're going to think. And then also just, I think it presents the wrong posture of prayer mm-hmm. I can yeah and I mean once again that's not to say that I think sometimes there's a temptation when we talk about prayer to say prayer is only like a private thing it's a private and a public thing that we do together and I think there is a sense in which words in prayer can have a profound impact upon someone else God can use that mm-hmm. um, but I do think also sometimes not always but sometimes in prayer we try to harp on these words or use these big words that we never use or that we don't even know mm-hmm. what they mean. And and they're sacred. Maybe sac- some language that you can use is sacred language or whatever. Um, but sometimes it's like, do you even know what you mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it just sets the tone for the space as well. And so I do think mm. like the Psalms are prayers and they're written in poetic form yeah, that's and a good so, point. And songs are prayers, and they're written, obviously, with a poetic nature. And, and edited and co-written. And rhyming and often. timing and all of those, and imagery is taken into Look account. Look at you rhyming and timing in that, Carly. Rhyming and timing. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and miming. No, not miming. <laughs> all right. Um, just a little... Full sidetrack with us. Um, so it's not, I think it's like we limit prayer to having to be one thing, but it's so many things. Mm. Yeah. And I do think that people have been gift, given the gift of writing and also the gift of spoken word. And there's some really beautiful ways that those are still vulnerable, but also thought through and brought to like this beautiful piece of art as well. Yes. And then I also think there's an intimacy with like praying for your friends or like in a trusted space where you're actually praying with somebody who's brought something to you that needs to be prayed over or um, maybe more of that that setting where you are just sitting in the presence of Jesus together. Mm. Yeah, that the power of prayer isn't found in how eloquent our words are or if I'm able to pray it in this certain way, then I'm going to invoke the power of God to rain down here. Right. But the power of prayer resides in the presence of God mm-hmm. with us. Um, and that's what we, when we talk about prayer, that we try to connect and posture ourselves in a way of being in the presence of God. If that happens to be, sometimes the speech sounds really wonderful, great. And if other times it sounds like babbling, that's also fine too. Yeah. It's about that posture of like, like you said earlier, like a child with the trusted father. Yeah. 
So, um, so I think we dove into this as well, but, um, what are some ways you have experienced God in prayer? Anything else you would add? Um, I think for me, some of my biggest growth spurts have been when I have witnessed someone who has sat in the presence of Jesus. And there's just this unnameable quality about them where you can feel, you can feel that on them. You can like smell the aroma, I guess, Mm. on them. And, and that is so much more appealing to me than someone who has all the answers or who has all the apologetics to say or the theology to say. It's it's like there is something transformative that happens in us the more that we rest in the presence or fight in the presence or wrestle in the presence. Um, mm. And I just, I think... that has pushed me so much in my own life to be like, there's something more that I'm missing here. And there's a deeper water that I want to drink. Um, Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think, I think for me, mine's been, you know, a a mix with even like mental health and stuff too. You know, there've been times when I've prayed that it would go away. There've been times when I moved from that to praying, uh, I remember years ago I was praying for that, and then I was like, all right, maybe you're not going to answer that one the way I want you to right now. Can you give me a friend? It didn't seem like he was answering for a while, and then I saw that he had given me that. But that those types of prayers also pushed me more into like a, and being in a dark season of like a deep reliance on God, and more naturally into lament. Like, I'm breaking down in tears. I really, 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 really need you. And I know you say you're there. And so will you be who you say you are? Will you help me uh, be sustained through this? And so prayer at different times has been, uh, uh, yeah, a response, often a response to what's going on in life. Uh, One way that prayer has become something for me is I heard a a while back from, uh, I think it was like a, summer internship I was doing, someone who came in and was leading worship for us talked about listening to people with one ear open, which sounds weird, but like listening with a constant posture of trying to discern the voice of God, just like a constant posture of trying to become aware of his presence in everything. And part of the like practices of prayer or like daily rhythms or whatever help us posture ourselves in an ongoing way of presence with God. And so often for me, I think my regular prayer rhythm often looks somewhat like a texting conversation with God of like, my wife and I pray together before we go to sleep uh, and have done that like since we got married. Uh, And, but like, and I have some other ones that I've tried implementing at different times and, you know, different seasons look different, but oftentimes it's the kind of I'm talking with someone, I'm also praying, or I'm driving in my car, and I'm lost in thought, but also praying and inviting God into that, and just trying to listen to his voice and talking with him about things. So in some ways, it's like also like very informal, relational, Mm -hmm. might look like I'm talking to myself, and sometimes I am doing that (laughs) too, but 
Yeah. I think this is probably rewinding a little bit, but you've kind of touched on this with your own journey with mental health, but something that I think is really, really tough and something we don't often talk about is the unanswered prayers. Yeah. Um, and so I think we should link the Practicing the Way podcast. They talked about this in their second episode on prayer um, in a much better way than than I can fully form my thoughts around it now. But just this idea that there are other forces in the world and mm-hmm. in us that are warring with God's way and his forces. And... Um, mm. And then there's also the way of God's created world that um, a lot of times when we cry out in these these ways and we are asking, please take this from me, and it seems like it would align with God's will. And um, it seems like if you take this struggle away, if you take this suffering away, then this would be honoring to you. And God simply doesn't do it or we pray over friends or people who have illnesses and diseases and then we watch them pass away and that that's a really really hard thing to do and so Mm. and to go through and sometimes prayers are answered absolutely and some of them go seemingly unanswered and so Mm. there has to be a grieving process as well for Mm those dreams and those desires that we have that um, Hmm. aren't answered on this side of heaven. So that's good. Uh, Tyler Staten, who's on that podcast Mm -hmm. uh, in his book, praying like monks living like fools talks about uh, when, you know, we pray those types of prayers and the pain that's associated with it. And he made a really beautiful point that was basically the fact that it is so hard when your prayer goes unanswered is often a sign of how much faith mm. you have. Because if you didn't actually think he could, it wouldn't hurt Yeah, that yeah. way. And I was like, that's really in- encouraging uh, when that is the case. There's so many factors in there that we can't totally know the answer to, whether it's like demonic rebellion, what's human free will, what's just the world we live in, what is... It's just not God's time yet. Is he trying to teach me something in this? Because I, I think about also people who like love Jesus dearly or pe- and people who just become loving, kind people, and you hear their stories, and they've walked through a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. And God does something in us through it. Um, but that also can feel like side skirting the like, well, doesn't this still seem like God's will to heal or God's will to make things better? And does that mean he wants me to feel bad or sad? And I don't know that there's necessarily like a clear cut answer to it. Um, What I come back to is like God using something for good doesn't mean that he caused the bad thing to happen. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think, I mean, and there's theological persuasions that would think differently than I do on that. Um, but for me, what I come back to also is like, there's kind of, I'm realizing I do a lot of like, there's two broad temptations, but I think that we, we often like swing one way or the other. One is that like, 
just everything happens for a reason and God did this and it's his will or he allowed it or whatever language you want to use. And then um, another one would be kind of like it just happened and is just like pointless and there's no redemption in it. And for me, it's like I may not know the reason, but I also do know that God has a pattern of breathing life into dust. Like today's Ash Wednesday, like that's what he does. And making beauty from ashes, like that's what he does. Um, And me calling it what it is, which is a load of ash or dust or dirt, mud, death, just invites God's presence, I think, in, or is a way of inviting God's presence in to bring life and breathe life into it. Um, And so we don't want to ignore it, uh, but we also don't want to say that that has the last word either. Um, And there's a lot of tension and all the things um, in there. Um, And so with that, um, I'd love for us to move into some um, types of prayer. This is not an exhaustive list, but uh, if you've been part of our uh, Sunday series, which you can um, watch those on YouTube or listen on our podcast as well, if you're interested in uh, in those, uh, we have dove into a couple different types of prayer, uh, looking through movements with practicing the way. So talking to God, talking with God, listening to God, and being with God. And so uh, first is like um, pre-written prayers, which I didn't have on my notes here, but uh, pre-written prayers can be a really helpful way if you don't even know what to pray. Things like the Lord's Prayer or the Psalms can be really helpful. Uh, and then after that, we talked about talking with God. And so the first one I want to hit on is confession. Confession is like bringing your sins to God. It, I think it's also important to death other people, but in the context of prayer, like acknowledging your need for God, coming to him, repenting of your sin, and asking him to heal mm-hmm. you. Um, this is a vulnerable posture that, honestly, I feel like for me in my journey with mental health has kind of uh, in places pushed me down on my knees and face. Like I, I really, really need you. Um, and some of that wasn't like sin stuff. Um, as far as like sin that I was doing as much as it was just a posture of like me confessing my need for him. Uh, but I think with like confession of sin itself, like when we sin and bringing that to God, that also like helps us not remain and dwell in shame um, and allow the darkness to overtake us um, in there and also ask for God's presence to be there. So I think confession is a really important and beautiful thing in prayer. Um, It actually allows room for healing. It's not only a light coming to God and like, oh, I'm so sorry and I feel terrible. You do bring that to God, but then you're asking him to do something in you and that you come to him as a kind, good father who um, does forgive sins mm-hmm. and does heal. And wants what's best for his children. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, um, the second type of prayer that we also wanted to talk about was gratitude or prayers of thanksgiving. And I think this one is so important because I think praise and thanksgiving is our weapon against darkness. Hmm. And 
I also think, as I've talked about the past couple of episodes, I've just been thinking about a lot how we are so forgetful as people. And so you can become enveloped in your pain or the darkness or this very real brokenness that you're feeling. And it's not to discount those things, but it's also to remember like there are also good things in your life and hmm. blessings and gifts and um, things that the Lord has given you. And so it's, it's important to remember one because of who God is and the world that he's created and how he's created you to invest in it, to remember and thank him for the things that we have um, or the people that we have or the um, gifts that we have or the ones that we're receiving. I also think it helps us to re reorient ourselves to um, a posture of realizing like I have received and I'm thankful and it just it does something in us to be able to say I am thankful for these things hmm. um, that I, I again I think it's a weapon against the darkness and I also think it just helps us to reorient on the things we've been given and to um, posture our hearts in a way that are that are more grateful and um, able to balance to some of those things that we desire that we are walking through that are really hard. So mm. it's really good. And that leads into the, this next type of prayer, which is lament. And I think gratitude and, and lament both help remind us that life doesn't operate only in these, like it's all happy or all sad that those things can coexist and lament uh, is a way of talking with God about what is wrong or evil in our lives or in the world and so lament uh, I think it's around scholars would say around two-thirds of the Psalms are Psalms of lament and a lot of modern worship songs don't necessarily have that but uh, it's a way of talking with God about what is wrong um, and I love that in the Psalms which in a lot of ways are like a book of prayer and praise and worship and all this, like the fact that there are these really raw, open, honest, calling out to God to be who he says he is and labeling the pain, labeling what's hard, shows us that like this is a way that God wants us to bring these things to him. In a lot of ways, it's an act of trust in a relationship because in a relationship with somebody, if you only ever talk about what's happy and good, but you never dive into what's difficult, how deep of a relationship is that actually maybe that's easy for me to say somebody who for a long time mainly only felt bad things it felt like um but lament uh in the scriptures a simple way to do it there's different structures but oftentimes it's some form of like crying out to god uh labeling of your circumstances god i really need you because i am depressed and worn out and tired or this relationship is awful and i'm struggling and then asking for help calling out to the one who like has power to do something, calling out to him, and then usually uh, responding in trust and praise. There's like, um, Carly talks about this um, invisible turn, that there's something that happens in between that crying out and asking to the responding in trust and praise, that we don't see totally what happens there. Um, and I imagine it's probably like, do they now respond in trust and now don't feel these things? I imagine it's probably they're turning while still feeling the things, is my assumption. There are a couple psalms as well that end 
uh, with there's one that ends with like darkness is my only companion and in dark places I really loved those psalms because that's about uh, where I could where I could get but that's a simple way of doing or writing a lament and that that can be done both for individual things it also is a really great thing to do with um, injustice in the world uh, with evil with wrongdoing with human suffering to call out to God and be like God I don't understand what in the world is going on mm-hmm. um, and so I, I think that's you can lament the news mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of ways to go about lamenting that aren't only individual that can be corporate as well um, yeah yeah definitely um, I think along with that too, just reminding ourselves, like what we do see the psalmist doing a lot and people in the Bible doing a lot is it's almost like they're telling God to remember his promises and to <laughs> reflect on who he says he is, Yes, which seems so counter to be like, God, remember who you are. Um, but there is something also about praying those promises and reminding ourselves too of like what God does promise and, and partnering with him to um pray and to have power that um over some of the darkness there's just something that it's so seems so mysterious that we get to partner with god in this way but prayer does something to accomplish god's will Mm -hmm. um, to to triumph over that darkness so yeah and it's a way of like starting to notice and discern and see God's presence in the midst of those places as you bring him into the ash and the rubble and the, I mean, I say bring him in, but acknowledge his presence there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get to partner with him in it in some sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, next one is petition and intercession. And I think I'm saying this right. Petition is praying over yourself Mm -hmm. and the problems and intercession is praying over somebody else and Mm -hmm. their problems. And so, um, yeah. Uh, so this is one that I feel like we might be most familiar with of just, you know, you take your problems to God and you, if you tell someone you're going to pray for their problems, like hopefully you're taking those things to God as well. But just this, um, yeah, the ability to really, kind of along with lament, take your problems to the one who has the power to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or take your friend's problems or your family's problems to the one who, or your enemies, <laughs> to the one who has something to do um, about it. So yeah. I think those can be really helpful. Um, and, I'm, you know, I think kind of like this daily bread idea of, if you are wrestling with mental health, struggling with mental health, like the daily walk of where you are in that journey, um, petition and intercession, being able to like people praying over you and you praying over this present darkness in your life and one more day of, of walking Hmm. with God through that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really good. Cause I know for me in my journey with depression, that was what I found helpful uh was also when it moved from god can you take this away to also can you help me make it through 10 more minutes um help me be more in tune with his with his presence and there's a way of doing praying uh praying prayer not praying praying (laughs) 
Or prairie. 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 That's a lot of R's. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of R's. Um, that reminds me of my, uh, my, my son. Sometimes he'll talk about like a shower or something and go, showerer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just funny. Um, so, sometimes prayer is also like that where you are bumbling fumbling around your words a little bit. But uh, with intercession petition too, I think there's a way of not only praying the problems, but also like becoming aware of God's presence. Uh, I shared this in a message recently, but uh, Ronald Rollheiser in a book called Wrestling with God talked about a form of intercession that was not only like listing off the things that you want God to do, but instead imagining the person and then through the Holy Spirit's power, imagining God with them and then joining with God and praying for that thing to happen. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a really profound beauty in that that helps you like join with God and partner with him in what he's already doing. Is he also the one that has the quote about prayer is, or histories in the prayer? Of the no, that's uh, Walter Wink. Oh, yes. Okay. I can't keep all the names straight like you can. <laughs> You're uh, much better at that than I, I don't am. know. But that's, yeah. Yeah. Along uh, with that, yeah. just, yeah, this idea that um, when we pray, like if we believe that God does something in our prayers, does it mean that if we don't pray, he won't do those things? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Yeah. And there, there's different opinions and stuff. I deeply believe prayer does make a difference. Uh, but also some things God also will still do, but he wants to partner with us and invites us into it. And the prayer does make a difference. And we see that in places in scripture where God seems to change his mind, like with Moses in Exodus. But also other times where Jesus said, like, take this cup for me, but not my will, but yours be done. Right. Um, and so it, we see a mix there. Uh, and that leads well into listening to God too. Um, listening to God being, well, what it sounds like, <laughs> listening to and discerning God's voice. I would encourage you to check out the Practicing the Way podcast um, and or uh, our message on listening to God for different ways to hear in response to God's voice. Because I know sometimes people pull out like a God told me card. And so anytime we say listening to God, I think people automatically associate, well, what am like what am I going to do? Say, God told me, dot, 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 dot. That's not necessarily what we're saying. And people from, I mean, we see it in scripture. People take the name of the Lord and say, God told me, or use scripture as a way to manipulate or whatever. I mean, we see that with Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, that the devil quoted scripture to him and he was not using it correctly. Right. Um, And so I, I, but all that to say, when we talk about prayer, prayer is not only talking to God or talking with him. It also involves listening to him. And there's a variety of ways that God speaks. Um, in the Practicing the Way stuff and in our message, we talk about a few ways. Uh, we talk about through Jesus, through scripture, through circumstances, desire, the prophetic dreams, visions, things along those lines. And then also listening prayer, uh, which is a way of quieting your heart and con- you confess your sins to God and ask him to quiet you. And then you do like a simple breath prayer, come Holy Spirit, or Father, or Lord, have mercy, and you just sit in silence and wait. Um, but I think as you grow in listening prayer, that type of prayer also infects things like petition and intercession, and also laments, and also gratitude, that it's not only, this time I'm talking, this time you're talking, but it's more of like an ongoing, like, 
conversation back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got caught up on the fact that you used the word infects, which does not have a great connotation, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, I think along with, well, I was thinking as you were saying that this listening prayer, the more that we t- take time to actually learn to listen and discern the voice of God, I think we will protect ourselves from misspeaking because Hmm. I think a lot of times, I mean, I've certainly heard people use that to sort of strengthen their argument or, you know, (laughs) almost like a, an extra little nail on the, the wall, like, and God told me so, you know, I, and it doesn't feel like it's legit. uh, Yeah. Um, and so we don't want to weaponize the things of God, but the more that we're spending time in his presence and really, um, putting ourselves in a posture of receiving and a posture of um, humility, mm-hmm. it's harder to come at somebody and weaponize that God told me this or that um, for you, you know? Yeah. So um, along with that, I think just this idea of being with God is the last one that we were going to talk about. And so there's a lot of ways that we can, um, we've just talked through like how we converse with God or listen to God, but also as we mentioned at the beginning prayer being with God Hmm. and there's so much in this world that is noisy and distracting. And so I think now more than ever, there are so many ways we, we plug our ears with headphones and podcasts and music and, Hmm. TV and social media and YouTube videos and the list goes on and on. And it's not necessarily that those things are bad, but if we don't have any moments of silence, if we don't take moments to actually know what it's like to be with God without all of that noise around us, then Hmm. how do we know him? How do we grow with him? Even if you're listening to things about him, like, but not spending time with him. Come on. I mean, it's so easy to do, but it's so, we, we have to take the time to do it. We have, we have to know him in order to do the things that he created us to do in order to, um, to become a person of love, to become a person of light, to become more and more like Jesus, um, to be a pleasant aroma to him. And so Mm. I, I just, it's really hard. I, I don't take that lightly. It's really mm-hmm. hard because we have this in our hands constantly. And mm-hmm. we have, um, when we're in our cars, we plug it right in and listen to whatever and yeah. come home and turn on our 15 screens that we have in various forms sometimes at the same time. And uh-huh. it feels really uncomfortable sometimes to sit without all of the noise. Um, and then to take that extra step and not only be in silence, but but taking time to be present with God um, and just delighting in him as he delights in you. Mm-hmm. But it helps us to realize who God actually is and how much he desires to be with us, God mm-hmm. with us. And mm-hmm. um, I think it all flows into those other types of prayers as well, but also to just to know what his presence feels like and know more of him is so important to our faith walks and 
our development and walking mm. through trials and walking through suffering and walking through loving others and, and relational hassles and all of the things that we walk through as mm. humans um, and our mental health and the battles that so we have. Good. And, you know, spending time with him just does something to us. Mm. That's so good. And I think, I think too, with, with that, like with being with God and these different types of prayer, they, they pertain to our relationship with God, but they also pertain to our relationship with the world and with other people. If we grow more comfortable or it becomes more of a practice for us to bring the good and the bad and all of the things into God's presence and we're able to be with him on bad days uh, when I'm overwhelmed and I'm crying or on good days when everything seems great and I'm happy, that also propels us because we've experienced it from God to allow his love to fill us and then overflow out of us mm. into other people and also to, in some ways, become like answers to our prayers uh, for other people that we model. I mean, it's the body of Christ, like being Christ's presence with other people. And I think that when you when you're with people who've like really sat in the presence of God too, you notice I think they're better at sitting in the presence with other people. Yeah. As you were saying that I just felt like the peace a, mm. a peacefulness that just there's so much that we try to control and the exertion that we do to really just make sure our lives are X, Y, and Z or whatever the hustle is that we're going for at the mm. moment. And and we have this illusion of control that we have over those things in our relationships and things that we say to others and um, the way that we behave in our jobs, all of those things, but we we don't. And so... I hear people all the time saying like, oh, I'm just so busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And then, oh, I changed this and now I'm even more busy. But like how that hurriedness and that rushing around is so stressful. And and mm-hmm. God has called us to a life of simplicity, of simply being with your creator, mm-hmm. delighting in him and finding that peace. Yeah. And yeah. And what you're saying too is, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but one of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mark of impatience is wanting to be anywhere else other than where you are at. Mm. And if one of the names for Jesus is God with us, and we are so constantly not even wanting to be here, how in the world are we able to experience the presence of God? And obviously with grief and other things, there's like, I don't want to be here, which is where practices of lament and other things come in. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here, but I am here. Right. And inviting him into that. Uh, But yeah, um, we run around with headphones, metaphorically speaking, even, and then we get mad at God for not speaking Mm -hmm. to us. But I think he speaks to us a lot more than we are aware. And he's a lot more present than what we are wearing. I think gratitude in particular is one that really helps you to become aware of like, oh, he's really present. Yeah. And I think if you take the time now to develop those things, that muscle Mm -hmm. of prayer, when the storms come, you will have such a 
so much more of a strong foundation to stand on. Yeah. Um, and a stamina and a resilience that comes from just getting those reps in with your creator. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's not a short game. No. It's something over the long haul. Relationships take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and God is eternal. So he also operates on a different yeah. time frame yeah. than we do. Um, so as we kind of wrap up, what would you recommend for someone wanting to start praying or wanting to take that next step in their prayer journey? Obviously, a next step depends on where they're at. Yeah, I think, honestly, just figuring out a posture that feels replicable for you. Hmm. Um, So if you are someone that can't sit still and you like to be on the move, take a walk or go for a jog or, you know, um, that's totally fine. Or go for a hike. Um, Something that you can do, though, like day after day after day. Um, And I think if you're someone who likes to curl up with a blanket and a journal and coffee, even like lighting a candle, like making this something that is, um, again, replicable, that every day you can return to that same posture, I think will help you build in Mm -hmm. that rhythm and also find it to be something that feels good. And, and desirable over time for you mm-hmm. um, so that you miss it when you're not doing it. You know, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, any discipline takes just starting and yeah. and finding a way to be consistent. And I think that is true of prayer. Um, that doesn't mean that it has to be like, I don't know, painful or anything but just you know mm-hmm. if it is lighting a candle if it is going for a walk or walking the same path over and over again or even pacing in your house or um mm. something like that just finding that first step of of what's going to make it replicable for you that's a hard word to say over and over again replicable it's not a very replicable word <laughs> it is no, that's that's good. Um, yeah, and inevitably some days are going to feel better than others, and some days you're not going to want to. I'm reminded of something from Tyler Staten's book again that was uh, in like a in a relationship, like a romantic relationship at the beginning. You haven't have like a honeymoon phase, and everything's like really fun and great. And sometimes, not always, sometimes a spiritual practice can start out like that. Mm-hmm. But then he says, like at the end of like a long, long marriage of a couple that is like worked at it and stuck together there is like a level of intimacy and beauty that you see and you're like i want that yeah uh but that middle part sometimes is a lot more just like you know whatever your rhythm looks like you know with prayer i pray every like every single day in this time in this chair or whatever um but it's the long haul of what that uh what that does and we want everything so quickly but that intimacy mm-hmm. is not a snap your fingers and it's done type thing so yeah i think my advice too would just be start and experiment see what works for you and different things will work in different seasons i feel like with uh 
my wife and I like with a toddler and then um, expecting another one soon. Like I know my, my prayer rhythm is, and my spiritual rhythms have changed as like our son has grown up so far. And when we have another one, I know it's going to change again <laughs> drastically. Lots of things are going to change. So my prayer just looks <laughs> right different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. And so adjust with the seasons. And if you're falling asleep in your chair, I don't know, maybe you need to rest in God's presence or maybe you need to walk. <laughs> like just experiment with it. Yeah, and I think, too, something you said Sunday of when you're praying and you get distracted and you will, Mm -hmm. just gently coming back to focus and not Uh being too harsh with yourself when you you do get distracted or when you do um, get up and do the dishes or whatever the thing is that's going to distract you. Like, you will have distractions, and that's okay, too. Yeah. Just gently redirecting yourself back to the presence Mm -hmm. and... Um, yeah, I think that was from a Thomas Keating line. I heard somebody quote it again this week, and that's where it was. Uh, if you get distracted a thousand times in prayer, it's a thousand opportunities to turn back to God. Yeah, again, with the quotes. I can't do that. I can't directly quote things. I can give you ideas. I have a semi, not totally, but like a semi-photographic that makes sense. kind of memory with some of those things. Which also is not always great because I can just remember things that I don't want to remember. Sure. Um, don't we all? <laughs> also that. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we have um, for today. Got to mention it. Feels like a change. But we've got a Lego spaceman hidden somewhere in this video. So I almost looked at it. Woo. Yeah. So Can't if you, you can anything. notice the presence of the spaceman in the video... Good job, I guess. So, <laughs> just a fun little way yeah. to, uh, yep, provide some fun. In yeah, what we're doing. And yep. next week, uh, we posting an interview with my friend Jesse Lesko. So, hope you enjoy that. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.